Shelley. James. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. It's about bloody time. I know. You promised me this in September. I know. I've been working towards this moment in time. <laughs> and I'm really grateful that we have you on the show today. So just to give a little bit of a brief introduction, just okay. for our listeners. Um, so today we've got Shelley Lavery has spent a career developing sales teams within the UK and internationally across the US. Uh, most recently, she's become the, the, the co-founder and also COO of a SaaS platform called Jiminy and Jiminy is focused on helping sales professionals um, and those working within customer success to create a coaching culture that makes developing your team as part of everyday experiences. Mm -hmm. So one of the great powerful things about Jiminy as a platform is helping companies develop good customer conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's inspiring to see Jiminy because you have the ability and you enable individuals within sales, within customer success, within revenue um, to record, transcribe and analyze calls and meetings in real time. So this powerful and important technology captures the insights to help you as a team win together. That's right. Amazing. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. So we, we like to break the ice a little bit. Um, what have you been most excited about today? Today? Yes. I'm most excited about going to bed. <laughs> and that is the complete honest truth. Okay. I am shattered. Yes. Um, I've had four really bad night's sleeps. And at nine o'clock, I'm going to be in bed with my raspberry tea. And a book. I love that. I am excited about this. Good. Also, I've not done a podcast before. Have you so, not? no. Well, this is the first time. Hopefully, it will be a comfortable and joyous I'm sure. experience. So far, so good. Question good. one done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shelley, I mean, we've had you on um, stage before at Sales Confidence. Yeah. And I think it's been one of the most, I think it was absolutely one of the most memorable, um, energetic and inspiring talks we've had in 2019. Thank you. Um, and I've been excited about this conversation because I think something, you know, that's lovely about you is that um, you genuinely care about people that you work with in your business and with your customers. So I'm really keen to kind of develop this conversation as we go on. I'm um, thinking about the kind of dual roles that you have as a, as a mother and also a business owner. Mm. What was the first thing you typically think about in the morning when you first wake up? Well, I get woken up. I think there's a slight difference actually, James. Yes. I get woken up by, mummy, see me, mummy, see me. And the first thing I think is, please let it be gone five o'clock. Please let me have had six hours straight sleep. Alfie is my son who's uh, close to two years old. Um, that's the first thing that goes through my mind. This morning was not the case. Four o'clock, he uh, was, and he's on it. When he's up, he's done, he's wow. on it. So we are on the go quite early. And then I'm just, I'm in, I'm in mother mode. So I'm in like getting them ready for school and breakfast and trying to get myself dressed at the same time while yeah. they're clinging onto my legs. So, you know, I don't really think about anything else other than making sure they're fine, they're ready for school until um, I, I get out the door and I head to the train station and then I switch mode. Okay, so there is a switch for you. Yeah, yeah. It's Having to manage as a as a kind of a mother those responsibilities. Yeah. So what happens when you get into that car? Now you're thinking about your day, I guess. Yeah, I'm quite good. I I always end my day with um, making sure I'm ready and prepped for the following day. Okay. Um, so when I get into the car, um, my, to my station, I'm not driving by the way, okay. um, we start, all Jiminy team members are all over, well, we're international, we're in the US, we're in Bulgaria and we're here in London. Okay. So the first thing we do is say hello to each other. 
that's the first thing I do is I go onto Slack and I, I say hello okay. and I share my tasks for the day or, or my you know my big goals for the day and everyone else does the same. That's our kind of we don't get the water cooler moment or the you know chatting yeah. over breakfast because we're not all together. So it's part of the way that we we function every morning. We say hello. So that's the first thing I do. I love that idea. I think I might it's follow very, that. It's very simple. That's a good. I think we can wrap this up. We're done. We've got okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thinking about the career that you've developed, you know, clearly some of the decisions you've made have put you in um, a kind of a rapid growth in career responsibility and then leadership. Where's, where's that motivation and inspiration come to strive in that way? Where did that come from? Well, you mentioned already about, I, I definitely just have an, a, um, I care about people. That's a, that's a genuine thing. So my my position in leadership feels very right, feels very natural. I, I'm not the sort of person that's been very purposeful about where I've been, where I've ended up in my journey. It's not happened like that. I can't give you some sort of story. Um, I mean, not to be too deep. I, I actually have, um, I've quite a, uh, a fear of endings. I don't like endings, with the worst ending being death. Yes. Um, but what that does within me is make sure that I am living my very best life every day. I'm, I am making the most of this wonderful life that I have mm. and that that impacts the people around, the, the people I work with, the, my family, um, and that I'm making theirs the best they can be as well. So I, I'm quite good at sense checking, am I really happy right now? And I am really happy right now. And if that's good, that's good. If I'm not, then I change something. And the change will, will become apparent normally. Amazing. But no, that's, that's, I mean, that's like, we all navigate life differently, yeah. right? And so, and I think, I think there's some misgivings that just because of your um, level or title in life, that somehow like, that was all mapped out. My last boss, um, my, my uh, CEO, Glenn, he used to say to me, one of my... Um, one thing that I was kind of short-sighted about was how important job title was to people because it was just never important to me. And because mm. it wasn't important to me, I, I was overseeing sometimes it was really important to others. And um, actually my career, my career kind of happened to me. And it happened to me, I think, because kind of going to that living in the moment thing and making the best of where I am, I've always given everything I could to the moment I was in, to the job I was in. And that for me was seeing the potential of it beyond what the job description said, beyond the responsibilities given to me. What could I see? What did I, what would I envision for that job, for that role? And it just meant that I gave everything I could and, and possibilities were endless. And then therefore people just come knocking on your door because they see that you can create something that they didn't see. Um, and that's kind of how things have happened for me, I think. Amazing, amazing. Um, is there something about you, if I was to ask a previous colleague or your team, that makes you effective in terms of how you scale sales teams or how you inspire salespeople? Um, I think. I think what they might. I think what they might talk about is the. The passion I have for understanding the strengths in everyone in the team and how I communicate those strengths with each other. You know, I've worked with some incredible people. But we, are, we all have a real tendency to be naturally judgmental. We just can't help it. And I used to say in my last role, I spent half of my week getting people just to be kinder to each other. Mm. And it wasn't that they were mean or malicious or horrible. It's just we're really quick to judge. And I think that the, I think what I, what I do well, what, what one of my strengths is, to really understand people's value they bring to a team. From a sales perspective, I'm not talking the number. I'm talking about them as a whole person, what they bring, 
and helping each other see that in each other mm. so that we can start to make connections outside of everyone looking up to the manager. What can I, what can I get and learn and take from everyone around me? Um, I think that's one of my, I think that's one of my strengths. I think that's what they might say. I like that. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, when you think about your own hiring, the type of people you want to attract to Jiminy, what are you looking for? First and foremost. Oh God. Um, oh, it's probably all the usual stuff, isn't it? I'm, you know, I'm looking for the, the person that wants to learn. I'm the, I mean, I said this at your event, James, I, passion is the most important thing to me. Mm. Um, they've got to absolutely love what they do. They're not intrinsically motivated by wanting to be an amazing salesperson and they haven't got that, there's nothing I can really do. Because, you know, if, if I see my job to help you be, be better and be great and have this incredible career and support you in that, you've got to start from a place of wanting it yourself. So I'm looking for that passion and that grit. Um, I used to, in fact, last week, a friend of mine called Ted messaged me and he said, Shell, I've got a sales kickoff next week. And he said, I, um, I really love you to sort of film a short video on what separates the good from the great salespeople. I was like, oh yeah, sure, Ted, no problem. That's how you say fine. And I sat down to do it and I was like, oh my God, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I was like, what is it? And do you know what? One person just came into my head, um, a guy called Johnny Fullock. Now, you won't mind me saying this, Johnny, because we've talked about it and laughed about it many times. He interviewed terribly, terribly, twice. But the grit he had to keep coming back and saying, but I really want this. And I remember thinking to myself, you're not going to let me down, Johnny. You want this so badly. And he came in and he was our best performing salesperson within months. And I remember him coming to the office one day and chatting to him and I said, what is it, Johnny? What, do you, what is it about you? Why are you so great? How are you smashing all the numbers? And he said to me, Shell, I just worry about feeding the pig. I was like, what the bloody hell does that mean? And he said, there's too many people worrying about measuring it, worrying about their number, how many activities they've done and where they are versus target. I don't care about that. That's, that's a boundary, that's a limit. I just worry about feeding it. And he just did. It just was relentless. I love that. And and if I think about the two most incredible salespeople I've ever worked with, um, he's certainly one of them, and my husband, I'd have to say, would be the other. They both share that. Amazing. Um, we're keen to touch on your husband's uh, <laughs> We don't need to touch on that. Not, <laughs> I'm not touching anything. Um, but what we will have is a perspective, because there is an interesting dynamic in your business that maybe not everyone knows, yeah. um, and it's been fascinating to see um, how that's developed. And actually, I think that maybe it's a, a perfect time to talk about Jiminy because for people that don't really understand um, or have never come across Jiminy, yeah. what is it? What do you do? Well, we help leaders coach. Okay. We help um, the people within their teams coach each other, yep. ultimately. That's where, that was what was really driven from. It came from, um, I'm a passionate coach. I, um, I said to Tom one day, look, if we're going to do this thing, it's got to be something we're passionate about help me make this easier like this is really painful like to find the calls to download them that like, i'm dedicated to it so i did it but i can see why people don't and people must want to do this stuff mm. um so to so make that easier for me so essentially what we do is we, we we capture all the conversations going on on the sales floor create the highest level of visibility of that performance so that the leader and the people within the team can help each other just be better become Amazing. better that's Amazing. the goal and so, um, for those that don't know, um, who are who is behind this business? You mentioned the Tom, yeah, your husband. So me and Tom and James, we all worked together. Actually, we all kind of grew up together okay. in our last business in Wall Gateway. Amazing. Um, and in fairness, those two did all the graft of building out the product and sort of taking my pain and, and and just going away and doing something with it. 
um, and Tom's really led the way in getting our first chunk of customers on. He's uh, he's been incredible. Amazing. Um, I'm kind of just jumping in now, doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just a bit of limelight. Get yeah, you out of the no, house. that's right. Before <laughs> I go back to bed, with my raspberry tea. Whatever. He's up still, closing pipeline. He's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> getting him into bed is is one of my biggest challenges every day. Just stop, Tom. Just stop. Yeah. Now. I mean, you know, just to be mindful because I can imagine there's a, there's lots of interesting dynamics. But just I guess a little bit of insight: how do you manage the separation between we are in business together yeah. and we have these objectives, and we are parents to our children, yeah. and that's our primary responsibility? Yeah, no, definitely. How, how do you manage that? There's a real Monday to Friday thing within that. Okay. Um, in that, that's our working week. When we're in parent mode, because um, uh, obviously there are times in the day when we're with our children, that's you know that's phones and distractions away. Amazing. Um, but Saturday and Sunday is precious. Yeah. You know, um, don't talk to me about all the guilt that goes with being a mother and or, or a working dad. I'm I'm not suggesting it's any easier or harder because it's not. Um, I find it very difficult. Mm. Um, I've got better at sort of compen. What's compartmentalizing. the word? Compartmentalizing. Thank you, my life, and 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 getting into the mode of right. I'm working now give this everything, yeah. the kids are fine, they're safe, mm. they're happy, go back to them. Um, but it's, that's been that's taken practice, if I'm honest with you. And with Tom and I the same, because we love Jiminy, mm. we love working together, it's really easy just to slip into just talking about Pipeline it talk. constantly. Yeah, that still is going along. <laughs> yeah, the pillow talks like uh, the, the pipeline talks definitely more frequent. Um, so you know, it's it's challenging, and we are two very emotional people in an, in an, in an emotional state. Yeah. So we have some techniques that we use to help manage that. Amazing. Well, I'm glad, and I think it's been amazing to see your story unfold. I think uh, you know you've started to. Um, kind of put out your story a lot yeah. more on LinkedIn and publicly and at sales confidence events. And I think one of the best moments actually I do recall last year was seeing a photo of you together on LinkedIn. And I hadn't seen that before. Do you know what, it's so funny you say that because um, when Tom and I first started this, so many people said to me and him, um, Shelley, are you, gonna, are you gonna go back to being Shelley Packer again? You know, you, you know, you don't want to look too mum and pop shop, or you don't, you know, you don't want people to worry about your relationship and amongst, you know, their relationship with you mm. as 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 Jiminy. Um, it could just cause an awkward sort of dilemma. And I, and I can remember for a moment falling for it and thinking, oh my god, yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe I, I should. And I was like, what? You know, yeah. no, this is who we are. And. It, it felt so contradictory to me that in a world where we talk about vulnerability and authenticity and being open and who you are, that I was getting this kind of advice from friends and from old colleagues. Um, but we chose to ignore it. And I'm bloody glad we did, because actually I think it's part of what makes us special. I absolutely agree. And I think it, it, it's, um, you know, the combination of everything that you need to manage together yeah. And then where this business was born out of shared passion, yes. what's a better example of shared passion than two individuals that love each other and built a family together? So for me, that, that's why I think it's been amazing to see you guys develop. Um, and as in this kind of day and age, we're required to be a bit more public, yes. a bit more transparent, a bit more vulnerability. I mean, you're talking about developing coaching. Yes. Um, you have to be open and transparent because it is what it is. I mean, we take that we take that marriage into work. Yeah. I mean, the bloody hell, he left me on the train station the other day. We were both running late for the train, okay. and he got there and he did not wait for me. He just went and left me on the platform and, and was and the bugger left. And I was like, hang on a minute, you were the one that made us late out of the bloody house in the 
first place. That that shit doesn't go away. Yeah. You know, he still annoys me and I annoy him. And, you know, you can't completely separate that. You know, I, I can't build a business on being who you are, being your whole self, and ignore the fact that my boss is also my husband. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, we talk a lot about um, confidence. You talk about a lot of coaching. How, how do you... Um, how do you advise people to kind of discover their confidence or unlock their confidence and what they do from a sales perspective? Um, well, that's a really good question, James. Um, I think a lot of it stems from um, giving people the encouragement to do things mm. um, that take courage. Mm. Because actually, every day, whether you're in your first sales role and picking up the call for the first time, or you're in your first management job, or you did what I did and you're about to go to another country and start something new, it takes courage and it's scary. Sitting here right now, ten, I feel fine now by the way. I'm glad. But 10 minutes ago I was shitting it. You know, I've never done this before. It takes courage, but when you do it and you come out the other side of it, oh, it feels great. You know, because you've shown that you've, you've, you can do something more than what you thought you were capable of. So often I feel like it's, my job is often in a role of encouraging people to, to take those chances, take those risks. Yeah. and give it a go and yeah. they're often surprised about what they they're capable of and we were talking i guess offline a little bit about the the, the concept of the imposter oh, right yeah. but the ability to know your imposter's there because we've all got one yes right? right um but still place that bet make that move pick Do up it. the call follow up that email put yourself in that interview situation is what is required to get ahead um, and, to, and to feel alive. Absolutely. To feel alive. That's for nervous. me. I mean, that's that. Yeah. Because it's a good fit. You know, ultimately it's good. I mean, it goes back to my thing at the beginning about, you know, being scared of the very end. And, and, and But in living life to its absolute full, mm. I feel better about that. And you're right about that self-awareness. Funnily enough, we, I mean, obviously we, we're big on, on, on having a coaching culture ourselves, yeah. right? That's, you know, it's driven from that. So it's going to be passionate to us. And we, we actually start there from a, a place of self-reflection. We all have a self-reflection journal. Mm. And we make sure every week we all take that time to stop. We give ourselves permission to stop and reflect. And that's a really powerful thing to do, to, to have that moment, to be able to be really aware of how we grew in a situation, what we learned from something, or revisit our values, or, or why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and it brings down the defences, and it makes us more open to the feedback and the, and the support that we have on offer around us. Amazing. You've talked, there's a, there's a few golden nuggets, by the way, you've dropped today. So I'm looking forward for you to listen back because it's interesting to Thank think you. about some of the frameworks that you use in your own life yeah. to manage yourself and your relationship, but also frameworks, things like, um, you know, that daily update to the team, using Slack to communicate what you're focused on, this concept of reflecting. I think that's brilliant. Um, is there any other kind of frameworks, processes, tools within your organisation that you're just like, well, we do this and it really works for us? I think, well, most of what we do will stem from our values. Okay. You know I'm really big on that, James, because we've spoken about that before. So yeah. a lot of the, you know, the things that come off of that, the, the frameworks and things that happen, um, are based on making sure that we're really embracing those. We, we, we haven't, I, I can't sit here and say, we've got a brilliant Jiminy culture right now. We're building it. We're still small. Mm. We've just had a couple of new people start and um, about, well, where are we now? About three or four months ago, I was in a leadership team meeting. And because we're international, we rely on video conferencing to talk. And 
I said to Tom and James, I just, do you know what I hate about it? I hate the fact that when you jump on a video conference with the rest of the team, it feels like we've just got to jump straight to business. Mm. There's something that makes it really distant and I'm just a massive believer that a business success will, is, is based on how successful the relationships are within it. So I said, I don't like it. I said, we don't, we don't have enough time to talk, to get to know each other. I said, we need to make more time for nonsense. That's what we need. Um, because being open is one of our values, learning about each other is one of our values. And um, every Monday now, we have something called at the water cooler. And we have half an hour on the phone. We all come, I have a water cooler question. There's something silly, like, you know, we did one actually, a bit of an icebreaker question. What, what posters did you have on the wall when you were a kid? Or, yeah. um, you, you know, stuff like that. But it, 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 I have learned more about the team working in Bulgaria and the team in America in the last few months that I'm embarrassed to say than have in the last two years because we've made time for nonsense. Mm. But it's so important because it's where the relationships are stronger and when you've got that connection with people, you're more likely to want to help them, understand them, all that sort of good stuff. I think that's a great reminder because we're, su we're under such pressure in this industry to drive results, get outcomes, develop people, to be more successful, um, that often anything outside of objective-led conversation feels a little bit superfluous, you know, yeah, come, let's move on. Yeah. But clearly, yeah. we're people, we have to come to work every day, we want to enjoy ourselves, and we need that capacity or uh, allowance to just, you know, talk crap or, or just let loose a little we bit. We need each other. Yeah. We're not all operating machines anymore. No, Our jobs not. require each other. Yes. We often talk about the collision of three things, right? We often talk about, and these are things we're aware of, right? There's the, how the customers change, what they want from us now as, as, as customer success people, as salespeople. They, yeah. want, they want partnership, they want inspiring, they want challenging. The employee has changed. Yes. They want autonomy and they want purpose and they want that mission-driven thing. But also our environments have changed. There's more layers in ourselves on our organizations or our organizations as a whole. Yeah. And our technology's changed, our environment's changing. Everything's moving so quickly. And I just favor the position of being in a place where every time you're learning something new or anyone in our team's learning something new, there is a reason and a, and a feeling within to want to share that to make everyone else better. Mm. And I just think that happens better when everyone cares for each other. Well, I love that. And I've, we started this conversation about care, right? And one of the things that's always excited me spending any time in a room with you is like that passion and it and that truth that you live by and then you express I mean it sounds so simple right but many people don't it's really the basics. Um, but it you know it makes for an inspiring conversation this has been fascinating to hear uh, a bit about your journey and how you manage um, your career and business success so we're coming kind of up to the end sure. um, and I, I'm kind of just kind of keen to think about where you see the future of sales in terms of um, the experience for buyers or the, what the future sales profession looks like? Do you have a perspective? Oh God, that's a really hard question. Do I have a perspective on that? I must have, mustn't I? Um, I, think, I think I'm already seeing this shift from this being a, I mean, what did you have last night, James? You had an individual contributor night. Yeah. This shift from being, I'm an individual contributor, I've got this target over my head, I've got a, I got a win at all costs, mm. to actually, we're gonna, we're gonna work in an environment and we're gonna win this together. Mm. That's now more important. And there's a big shift in how we think, in, in terms of that hierarchy, in terms of how we motivate and incentivize mm. our teams. But I'm starting to see that now, and maybe that's because of the nature of what I do every day, and it probably is, but I'm starting to see sales leaders 
gravitate towards that and want to make that change was harder said than done, definitely. I think we've got to offer more to our, our, our buyers now. So I think it's, I talk about passion. I think, yes, you need passion about what, about being a great salesperson, but I think you also got to have this passion for how you help your customer now. One of the best salespeople I worked with in my last role, Kylie um, Tyrell, we worked in HR. She went out of her way to actually study to do some HR course to understand the world of her buyer in a way that I never knew anyone else in our team did. Mm. But it, that type of care and passion, if you're going to do those things that the buyer needs you to be able to do now, um, it's got to go up a level. Um, something's got to change there. I love that. Actually, one of the things I'm looking to bring to some of the sales confidence community events is having the buyers speak. Correct, yeah. And, Absolutely. You know, let's learn from the person you're actually, you're actually engaging, engaging with on with. a daily basis, right? And um, so I'm excited to develop on that. So that's I love that, James. That's like that's amazing. And I, I often I'll sit down with sales leaders and we'll look at onboarding, and there's all the typical stuff in there. You know, there's all like this is our sales process and structure and systems, and you know, this is what qualifies an op and a great discovery call. And I'm like, well, where are you training about the buyer? Where are they meeting the buyer? Where's the buyer? Yeah. And where's their world? Not just this is what the buy ICP is, but what are their pains and challenges? What what is fundamentally going on in their in their space beyond what it takes to do a great discovery call? Amazing. Okay, so um, what's your final thought or takeaway for our listeners? Something that you want to impart before we wrap up this conversation? Then I'll say one thing, probably linked to why I'm doing this in the first place, which is going to be linked to coaching. Um, to leaders and to people that are aspiring leaders or in a sales role. I think at the moment sales coaching is, I think, I think that it's seen as something that we do. Mm. What I would love to at least play a part in changing in some way, shape or form is for people to get out of bed, sales leaders and the like, and start to think of a sales coach as being part of who they are. Mm. And this shift in terms of how we think about it would then Think about how we prioritise our day. I often hear, I haven't got time for it. I, I, you know, it's not, there's not enough time. How can I make it quicker and easier? And that worries me because to sit down with someone like this and have an hour, proper coaching session on making someone better, it takes commitment and present to that moment. And I, the only thing that comes when you get a mindset, mindset shift of, I'm a coach and this is my job. Love that. Thank you, Shelley. Okay. It's been great to have you here.